Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 163rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. You're, you're trying to crack me up right before we started recording. I can't believe that you just went along with it. Well, you got to do what you got to do. You kind of surprised me. I was ready. You he, were. <laughs> he clapped. We were ready to go. Um, Kyle, you take a cold shower this morning? I sure did. Wow. I sure did. I thought about you when I was in my like nice, toasty, warm shower. Nice. That's... Uh, <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> but, but yes, I did do that, and I'm just as lively as ever. I'm the most awake I've ever felt in my life, just ready to... He's woke. I'm woke. I'm ready to record, ready to just let the folks know what's going on. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm ready. Uh, so we're going to recap the North Texas game, preview the A&M game. We have some recruiting notes to sprinkle in before all that, and... Uh, don't forget, everyone, to hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you're checking us out there and uh, like the video. That helps us a lot. Leave us a review on the podcast service that you might be listening on and feel free to check out our Patreon page. That's where you can support the show directly and get some cool perks in return. And that is patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. So, Kyle, um, there's a few key uh, Mizzou recruits uh, hopefully committing to the Tigers in the near future. So we will talk about a couple of those guys. One of them uh, is like a little known recruit. Uh, you probably haven't heard about him. His name is Luther Burden. He's a wide receiver uh, from St. Louis. And uh, he is making his announcement of where he's going to go to college on October 19th. Yeah, which is next Tuesday. Uh, man, uh, we're here. I mean, we've been talking about Luther Burden for a really long time. Um, just unbelievable talent. Five-star guy. Was previously committed to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of rumblings that he was still open to going to a different school, including Mizzou. And then he officially decommitted from Oklahoma has been taking official visits to other high-caliber programs like the number one team in the country, Georgia. This week. (laughs) Yeah, as well as um, a pretty decent program in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And he released a top three of Alabama, Georgia, and Mizzou. He's been to Missouri's campus many times on official and unofficial visits. Um, He seems to have a good relationship with the coaching staff. And it's all going to come down to who he picks on uh, the 19th. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like being in recruiting battles with Alabama and Georgia, but at the same time, uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty good company. If you're, if you're battling those schools for legitimately, then that can't be a bad thing. So five-star player, number one player at his position in his class. Yeah. Those guys don't really like, Mizzou doesn't make it this far in uh, the recruitment of these guys very often. Yeah, and I I just think that this is a special case where, I mean, obviously Luther Burden knows he has a chance to win a national championship at probably two of those three locations. Uh, Mizzou's probably not going to win a national championship in the next four years, but you never know. Anyways, but um, when you're going against, I I really think it's down to Mizzou and Georgia, and Georgia's the best team in the country right now, probably by a a wide margin. That's a little unnerving, but... um, I think that this is a special case where Luther Burden wants to stay home. He's uh, really strong ties with his family, has a lot. He has like 
I don't know, an unbelievable amount of siblings. Um, wants to play in front of his family, wants to be the, the hometown hero, kind of blaze his own trail. He knows he's good enough to where if, if he's if he's good enough to play in the NFL, they're going to find him. You know, He's playing on national television week in and week out, no matter where he's going to go. Um, I think he's just realized some of these things. If it was about wins and losses, I don't think Mizzou would be in his final three, and I don't think they'd have a shot at all, but I think that that's, uh, that's totally different here in this situation, and I, I think Mizzou is where he's going to end up. Mm. Official prediction from Kylie's going to Mizzou. Official. I agree. I think I'm, I'll put it. I'll put it in writing. I think he's going to pick the Tigers. Now, that means uh, I, I'm still going to be probably a nervous wreck yeah. on next Tuesday. Yeah, anything can happen. Right. Anything can happen in recruiting. And like I said, he's gonna be, he's at Georgia this weekend. So they kind of get their last chance to, to pitch him and uh, make an impression on him. So that's a little bit scary. But um, I think I think we're in a good spot here. I agree. I don't want to jinx it. But I mean, nothing will be final until he uh, signs on the dotted line and right. arrives on campus honestly but yeah we, can, we need we need some good news we need a little yeah. pick-me-up so I think that'll be like, really exciting yeah and that will hopefully uh, rejuvenate the fan base a little bit I hope so if, uh, if it doesn't go our way then could get ugly <laughs> uh, people will not be happy uh, there's another Mizzou target that has set a date uh, he's actually going to be announcing his destination one day before on October 18th and that is Gentry Williams, a defensive back from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another super highly ranked guy. He's a five-star on some some services. Um, he was at Night at the Zoo this summer and uh, has a great relationship with Mizzou's cornerback coach, uh, Aaron Fletcher. And they, they go back. Uh, they have ties, and he's from Tulsa and all that stuff. So they have a great relationship, and that's the reason why Mizzou, Mizzou has a shot in this commitment or in this uh, recruitment. And I definitely think Jeremy Williams is probably going to end up at Oklahoma, but um, yeah, I really think Mizzou has, you know, they're, they're in the conversation there. I don't think that they're just kind of a courtesy include them in the final four or whatever, just because, but um, I really think that he's, he's considered Mizzou and I don't think they're completely out of it, but uh, would probably be surprised if he went anywhere other than Oklahoma. Yeah. Number one player in in the state of Oklahoma, uh, number 37 overall in his class, according to, uh, 24-7 sports. Um, I have to agree with you there as well. I think he'll end up at Oklahoma. Is Spencer Rattler going to play quarterback for Oklahoma this Jeez, weekend? Jeez, I think he lost his job, didn't he? I think so. I mean, the the other guy came in and won the game for him. Mm-hmm. They were not going to win if they had kept Spencer Rattler at quarterback. I don't think so. That game. I've, yeah, I've seen all these little r- rumors and stuff that he's already looking to transfer and stuff. So something to keep an eye on. Maybe he'll come to Mizzou. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I could see him like kind of going, I don't know. I don't know what Oregon's quarterback situation is, but that just seemed that like popped into my head. Like, oh, he would just like go to Oregon and then they would like kind of revamp his, like uh, rehabilitate his image. And then you just see him like <laughs> in the college what, football playoff in two years. What about or- what, why Oregon? I don't know. Cause it's kind of like far away. They're just like, okay. you know, West coast and they're just kind of out there doing their own thing. Okay. And then every once in a while you see them on the big stage. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, yeah, that's a name I've heard in a while. Yeah, something okay. like that, yeah, I, you, I feel like. That sounds, sounds right. Uh, any other recruiting news before we dive into these games? Yeah, there's one one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, current Mizzou commit offensive lineman Armand Membao, uh 
for the 2022 class. He recently got an, an Iowa offer. He's from Lee Summit North in Kansas City. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to like hit the panic button, but that's something to keep an eye on. I definitely think Iowa could definitely could be a player in his his recruitment, and he's team high school teammates with Caden Green, who's like a four star offensive lineman in the 2023 class, so a year behind uh, Armand. But th- those guys are close. Iowa would love to have both of those guys. Uh, so would Mizzou. So I definitely it seems a little bit like uh, I was really after Caden Green, but if they can get Armand in there just to make things a little easier to land Caden then they'll they'll do that so uh, not that Armand is not worthy of an Iowa offer or a Mizzou offer he's a great player um, himself but I think schools would love to have both of those guys and it sounds like they could be kind of a package deal so hopefully he stays on board with Mizzou that's going to give them a great chance at landing Caden uh, a year from now so something yeah, to keep an eye on. Caden Green is the number one player in the state of Missouri for the 2023 class and is being recruited heavily by Oklahoma mm-hmm. as well as other major yeah. programs. Okay, so Mizzou beat North Texas. What was the final score here? Forty-eight to thirty-five, which ended up being unfortunately close to some of our predictions. I think from last week. Yeah, I I, I can't remember what we said. I don't specifically. Either. I, I don't either. I think it was like a little bit. A larger spread, but they I did not predict Missouri to cover what was like nineteen and a half points. Right. So I think I had it as like a yeah, like a fourteen to seventeen point win. Yeah. I think I predicted forty something to thirty something, which yeah. is just what it was. So yeah. uh and I remember thinking I think you even said like thirty five points would be a lot to give up to North Texas. Yeah. And uh unfortunately we did that. Uh what's weird about this game is <clears throat> you know, in the first half I felt really good about it. The the Mizzou was playing well. Uh, they were playing with effort, which is really what they didn't do against Tennessee. That was really kind of the main thing I was looking for in this game was Missouri's most likely going to beat North Texas probably 9 out of 10 times, even if they're not bringing their, their A game or their their greatest effort. But I wanted to see th- that improve. I wanted to, to see the desire, uh, guys flying around the football, um, which just was not happening against Tennessee. Um, I wanted to see – I know it's the offensive line for North Texas, but – uh, Missouri was getting was getting pushed. They were getting in the backfield. That was that was not happening against Tennessee. You predicted forty five to thirty four, so very close to the actual score. Um, I was at forty two to twenty four. Um, yeah, I, Coach uh, Drinkwitz in the post game press conference and in the pregame for Texas A and M commented on the fact that he liked the effort out of the team, especially in the first half um, against North Texas. And there were a lot of people on Twitter and I think even like some of the beat writers and stuff really commenting on the effort in the Tennessee game. So that had to have been a point of emphasis. And that kind of, I think, was part of the reason it was such a blowout and part of the reason there was like, you know, no depth chart in the practices. There was kind of there was definitely a message being sent throughout the week like. This isn't how we're going to operate yeah. moving forward. It was it was very clear to me that you don't you don't just give up sixty two points to Tennessee if you're trying, <laughs> and yeah. uh, obviously that led to the firing of Jethro Franklin. And so that was what I was looking for was obviously you can't fix this defense overnight. You can't fix the defensive line overnight, especially if it's a talent issue, which that's part of it. But can a, a change in the locker room maybe change something on the field as far as effort, as far as desire? 
Um, and that looked like that was happening to me. So that's that's a great sign that maybe uh, Jethro Franklin was part of some kind of disconnect that may have been happening in the locker room. So to remove that issue uh, is is a great thing and a step in the right direction. Yeah, Missouri was up 31-7 to at halftime. So only giving up one score in the first half is pretty solid for this defense. Yeah, um, it looked completely like Missouri was in complete control of this game in the yeah. first half. North Texas... Largely inferior. Yes, and I think a lot of that is just simply North Texas quarterback play. It's not where it needs to be for them to be winning games. Yeah. And I had it actually completely backwards in our preview. Um, I just had the names completely flipped of the two quarterbacks, the one that I thought uh, the other one had won the starting job, but obviously that wasn't the case. Um, But uh, so my mistake there. Either way... North Texas has not had good quarterback play this year. That continued in the Mizzou game, um, allowed Missouri to jump out to an early lead. Missouri was forced in turnovers. Um, Chris Abrams drain had a really good game. Um, he's had some really timely interceptions this yeah, year. He's Looked, been a nice like, spark for really the good hands. Um, Missouri had 10 tackles for loss, I think on the, as a team. Um, so they were getting in the backfield. Uh, there were some like, quarterback design runs that had other teams have used to kind of give Mizzou trouble at times, especially in like key third downs. Um, Missouri was able to come up and make stops there. Um, not allow the quarterback to really make a whole lot of plays on his feet. So yeah, there was a lot to like, even though North Texas is pretty inferior opponent. I don't know though. This second half still kind of has me worried. I mean, it's, I mean, not, I guess the second half is just a reminder that this team is not all that great. Yeah. It's, st- it's still the same guys. It was, was what we were reminded of. They did the same thing. You get the SEMO where, uh, you know, just absolutely dominant in the first half, like they should be. And then I don't know what happens in the second half, something changes. And obviously, um, there were some second stringers in there and stuff, but still, you'd, you'd still like to see your second team be able to to outperform north texas so i don't know i I don't really know what to think about the second half um i i don't know if i should just ignore it or if that's just a massive red flag for uh for the depth or for the future but i'm i guess i i guess i'm not going to think too much about it i i'll (laughs) i'll look at that first half and and see the effort and i can i can see uh how dominant we were when you know it really mattered i'm gonna make you think about the second half a little bit more uh, North Texas outscored Missouri 28 to 17 in the second half. The offenses only North Texas outscored Missouri 28 to 10. So obviously seven points came from the Makai Wingo pick six. Great play by him. Yeah. But, uh, it was kind of like that was pretty needed. Like in that moment, it was like, okay, f- good. Like this game's over. Like, yeah. I don't know. I felt like the game was over earlier. But then North Texas kind of clawed their way back into it a little bit. The pick six kind of allowed me to close the book on it and be like, okay, we're done here. Um, but I don't know, 28 to 10 when just looking at the offenses, that freaked me out a little bit. And yeah. I don't know what was going on with the offense in the second half. Um, part of it, I think, is they like kind of rested Tyler Beatty for a lot of the second half. And... He, he was incredible and he could have kept scoring i think i mean he averaged like 12 yards per carry so if they would have just kept giving him the ball 
the offense would have looked okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of thankful that they did rest him a little bit more. I mean, he still had 17 carries in this game, but they gave some other guys more playing time. They kind of let Bazelak try to figure out some things. He was still throwing the ball in the second half, and it worries me that they were still trying to score, and the only thing they really did was take out Tyler Beatty and things kind of ground to a halt. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable concern um, that Tyler Beatty is, we're too dependent upon him. And, you know, when he's in there, he's great. But if something were to happen to him or if you think about next year, uh, it's it's a little scary to think that we have to try and score without him. And um, I don't know where we're going to look. We don't really have kind of a go-to player outside of Tyler Beatty. He looked so good in this game, though. 17 carries for 209 yards, two touchdowns. Also had two catches for nine yards and a score. The touchdown catch was maybe his most impressive play of the game. Like, that two-foot toe drag in the corner of the end zone was like... Yeah, that was really nice. He looked like an NFL wide receiver making that play. Like, that's a touchdown on Sunday. Yeah. And I said in Discord during the game, like, there's some NFL like GMs and scouts that are going to see that play and maybe think okay this is actually that's gonna like jump him above another running back in this draft i feel like because of those types of receiving plays yeah he's, he's a very well-rounded player he's explosive can do it on the ground or through the air he's he's been unbelievable this year even better than maybe i thought he was gonna be yeah same a north texas obviously an inferior defense but the play where he was like kind of bottled up after a decent gain and just kind of kept his legs turning and just peeled it around the outside that was just insane uh, he's slippery yeah so good yeah we're gonna miss him um the uh the rest of the offense though i mean connor basilek had the one deep ball to hester for a touchdown it was like perfect pitch and catch Mm -hmm. why don't why can they not do that more than one like once a game or sometimes seems like they don't even really try that much yeah yeah, that was kind of frustrating. But uh, Bazelak overall was, this was probably his least efficient game of the season as far as like he was able to be successful, but only 186 yards on 33 pass attempts. That's that's not great, especially yeah. considering the opponent. Is it time to have a little bit of a conversation about our outlook for Connor Bazelak? Have you, has your thoughts on maybe his future changed whatsoever based on how this year has gone so far? I think it has, but it's not all his fault. Like, I think he's still the same player that I thought he was, but for where the team is lacking in talent um, and experience, we almost need a more reliable, like, just pure playmaker at quarterback to kind of cover up some of the rest of the team's deficiencies, I feel like. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, if, the, la- if the team around him was better, I would be like, there's no reason to even think about yeah. a different quarterback. Yeah, last year, I feel like one of the positives that we really talked about him was his composure and how calm he seemed in every moment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for some reason this year, that almost like is grading me a little bit. Like I, I almost like wish that he were um running the ball a little bit more i wish that he's just kind of almost looks like a statue in the pocket sometimes and 
Um, maybe that's just part of the offense, but and maybe he's a little bit afraid to run. Obviously, he had an ACL injury two years ago. Uh, it, maybe if you don't have to run, then you don't. But it certainly seems like if he were able to be a little bit more of a threat on the ground, that might change. That might open things up a little bit. But in the nature of, of Coach Drinkwitz's offense is it's at times very lateral, and I wish that maybe that's just how coaches call him plays. I don't know. I, I wish that they would – uh, be a little uh, throw the the ball downfield a little bit more but I don't know it seems like a lot of the um, shorter passes are in the flow of the progressions though it right. seems like they are legitimate checkdowns. it's not outside of like some designed plays to Mookie Cooper or Tyler Beatty um, he's he's looking down the field and making reads and like moving from his first guy to his second guy then checking it down uh, to some underneath stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's got to be, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of when we would criticize um, Kelly Bryant for not taking shots down the field and letting your receiver go make a play. Um, I don't know if that's like lack of confidence in the receivers to go up and get it. I don't, I can't imagine why that would be the case, honestly, but um, it seems like we take shots on like, the fast receivers sprinting as fast as they can and just try to throw it past the defense. Yeah. But we don't really, and then it's just like on the quarterback to put it where his guy can get it or go run under the ball. We don't really see him just kind of throw it up in a one-on-one situation and let the receiver go make a play. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like we see him create either like where, you know, if he's on the run or needs to improvise, like it seems like when he throws deep, that's the plan from the, from the get go. Like, okay, JJ Hester is going to be open on this play. I'm going to throw it to him if, you know, if he's open. But it, if he's not open, if that, if that read is not available, then, you know, after that first or second read, it doesn't really ever seem like he is able to make something happen. Um, and that's really what great quarterbacks do yeah. is when the play breaks down or when their first or second read isn't there, they still find a way to, to make something happen. I don't think we've seen a lot of that from him. And, you know, he's still young. He's a, yeah. he's a sophomore. Uh, but I think that maybe we would have liked to see a, lo- a little bit more, like, marked improvement, but... I still at the at the the root cause of this team the the root cause of the problems is still the defense. I don't want to get I don't want to criticize the offense too much or Bazelak too much because he's been they've been fine. They yeah. they've been explosive at times. It's not like they don't have any explosive plays at all. But right. uh, with the weapons they have, sometimes it does feel like they could be doing a little bit more. Yeah, maybe I guess it's possible that we're overstating how valuable the receivers on this team are. Um, maybe they just. I mean, physically, it seems like they that we've got the pieces that we need, but maybe there's something that we're just not quite seeing. Yeah, um, it's possible that these guys would just be like buried on other teams' depth charts. I, yeah. I don't think so, but that's possible. Yeah. Um, so I guess really my outlook is uh, before this season, I think I probably would have told you, uh, you know, Tyler Macon, Sam Horn are coming in. They're going to be really talented, and they they may push Bazelak a little bit, but I don't really see anybody taking Bazelak's job. He just is too entrenched he's too uh talented he's been successful already this early in his career i just had a really hard time seeing him relinquish starting duties to anybody um in his time at mizzou but uh i definitely feel a little bit more open to something like that happening and it might not be this year i know a lot of people would love to see taylor tyler Macon this year but i think Bazelak's gonna be there the whole year but after this year i really think that it's gonna be kind of an open competition i think uh 
Tyler making the same horn. Both of those guys will, will definitely push for those starting job and um, wouldn't be surprised at all to see somebody else get some playing time next year. Yeah, I don't really like being in this situation as a fan where, I mean, I think we were spoiled as Mizzou fans of just like having like entrenched starters year after year. It was like the progression to the next guy was so obvious every single time just about. Like there was a slight quarterback com- competition a couple of times in the last like 12 years decade yeah. yeah so it's kind of it's a little unnerving just like being like okay like we've got guys coming in we haven't been super awesome but we've been good enough that nobody's job should really be in jeopardy it's just a little bit too unknown for me to be comfortable and it, but it does make me wonder what the younger guys would have to do to like take the starting job because I mean, we saw Connor Bays like himself not win the starting job in preseason camp over uh, Sean Robinson. So it seems like maybe Coach Drinkwitz is like really likes the continuity that he has in certain guys and like the veteran presence at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think it'll be even harder for a guy like Tyler yeah. Macon or Sam Horn to step up and like take the job. Mm-hmm. But if uh, Macon or Horn can come out and just like blow them away in preseason camp and just make the throws right then i feel like it'll be undeniable but i don't know and i I really do think tyler macon kind of brings that different look to the offense where he's able to create he's able to extend plays on the ground with his legs and i think that will always keep him in the conversation even if he's not as maybe polished as a thrower as some as the other two guys i think he'll always be in the conversation just because he has that ability to uh to create maybe a little bit better than i definitely think better than Bazelak. It's it's unknown with Sam Horn. We do we just don't know about enough about him yet. But uh I, I just think the, the the future does look a little cloudier than maybe I would have said probably before the season started with yeah. quarterback position. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird feeling to have all the talent there and still kind of be in this kind of nebulous like um I don't know. It as a Mizzou fan, I, I keep thinking like worst case scenario, like we're just gonna squander all three of them and this is just gonna be a huge mess. Like hopefully that doesn't happen, but yeah, some more clarity would just ease ease my feelings quite a bit. Luther Burden might help. That would go a long way. Honestly. Somebody to throw to. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Mookie Cooper got in the in the end zone this this past game, but yeah. it, it got called back. But it was still good to see him get in the end zone. It felt like there was so much relief on like on obviously he's wearing a helmet, but like on his face, I guess you could say it, yeah. it just in his body language. It felt like finally um, yeah. I got in the end zone, and I would still say he did, even though right. I got called back. Yeah. Um, it was still good to see uh, him just be successful on the field, and I think we'll continue to see more of that. Yeah, I'm not worried about the skill positions. I'm not worried about the quarterback. To be that, to be honest with you, like moving forward, I feel pretty good about both of those areas. The offensive line still needs some work, although they've been okay. Like pass protection has been okay. Yeah, they're not giving up a ton of sacks. Uh, Tyler Beatty, I think, has made the offensive line look a little bit better than they actually are in in run blocking, but that happens sometimes. I, so, yeah, like you said, the concern with this team this year has never really been the offense. They're they're definitely good enough to, you know, win seven or eight games if the defense was a little bit better. Yeah. Um, we did get Chad Bailey starting at linebacker over Blaze Aldridge um, after the no depth chart practice week. Yeah, and uh, coach seemed happy with his performance. Yeah, I felt like he did all right. Um, you know, he was a four-star recruit a few years ago. 
Um, just had never really a chance to make his mark, but uh, I thought he played pretty well in his first start this past week. Um, I think he's athletic. He's in the past, in earlier this year, I mean, like everybody else, he's had a tendency to miss some tackles, maybe be out of position a little bit in certain times, but for the most part, I was pretty happy with what we saw from him. Uh, kind of a weird year for Blaze. Seemed like he started off pretty well with, you know, Three statistically sacks. at least, yeah. but uh yeah it's just been a, a strange year for the defense in general <laughs> yeah coach Drinkwitz did comment that he like said you know we're still learning a new scheme and he hasn't really talked much about that the last few weeks and it was interesting after this game he like kind of hyped up the defense a little bit and was like yeah the effort was there liked what i saw but we but we're still learning a, a new scheme you know and it's like oh are we because, you know, a lot of the talk at the beginning of the season was like, oh, the guys are picking up the new scheme really well. So now to kind of like fall back on that as a reason, I'm not going to say excuse, but it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's pretty clear that's that's the issue. Yeah. And whether or not it's Steve Wilk's fault or maybe the, I don't know if it's a problem with the scheme or if it's just the guys not picking it up. That's clearly the issue is yeah. we've got. Out, you know, there's missed tackles, but for the most part, there's guys just out of position and blown coverages. And uh, I, I just, I don't know where exactly the disconnect is, but it's clearly the scheme. Whether it's Steve Wilkes' fault or the players' fault, that's that's a difference between last year and this year. A win's a win, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, it just would have been nice to just run away with it. Yeah. But yeah, Dawson Downing tried to. Yeah, man. He, he gave Mizzou the cover for like a minute. Yeah, until they could give up another touchdown or yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, so Missouri's now what? Three and three. Yep. Five hundred. That's what you need to be to get to a bowl game. So just too gotta, bad they've uh, played all the. They've got all the good teams left. Yeah. Well, there's opportunity. It's not over. There's there's opportunity to get to a bowl. Will they take a step towards a bowl game this week against Texas A&M? That is the question. Uh, number 21, Texas A&M rolls into Columbia. They are 4-2 and two on the season. They've got wins over <coughs> Kent State, Colorado, and New Mexico. And they have losses to Arkansas and Mississippi State. Oh, yeah, and they beat Alabama this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico. Oh, yeah, and then Alabama. Yeah, for that fourth How win. did they beat Alabama? Uh, they just like figured everything out perfectly and Alabama's defense didn't really show up, I guess. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like A&M played really, really well, but that was not a vintage Alabama team. I'm going to just make a, uh, like a hot take bold okay. prediction right now. Great. I love that. Alabama is going to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And we're going to have some kind of mess. With that would the surprise nobody. College football playoff. I already feel like both of those teams deserve to be in the playoff. When you look at the whole landscape of college football and how some of the other teams at the top aren't. We're already making excuses for Alabama good. to get in. I think Alabama and Georgia have to be there. Yeah. Unless, you know, we don't know how the rest of the season is going to go. But even right. if Alabama beats Georgia and those are their only losses, they have to both be there, right? SEC. We're, we're homers. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. It'll happen. Texas A&M, they like started like the season ranked fifth in the country or something like that. Uh, their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, freshman star Haynes King, uh, he was hurt, got hurt in the second game of the season. 
um, and they have turned to sophomore quarterback Zach Calzada, and he was not great at the he's beginning. Kind of had some injury issues too. He's got he's had to leave a few games and has returned and yeah. Um, the A and M fans were not happy with him after their two conference losses um, and to start conference play, and he really turned it around. Uh, threw for almost three hundred yards, twenty one of thirty one passing with three touchdowns against Alabama. Um, you know, arguably the second best defense in the country, uh, but they just obviously had an off night. Uh, but he proved in this in the game against Alabama that he can make plays. So that twelfth man really came through. I guess so. Um, they have a junior running back in Isaiah Spiller. He's like their lead back. Um, he's gonna average eight yards per carry against Mizzou, easy. Yeah, he, I mean, he's one of the best backs in the ICC, maybe the yeah. whole country. And they do a good job of, like, limiting his usage and just, like, keeping him fresh all game. Yeah. So look for him to, like, put the game away. I'm, like, spoiler alert for my prediction. Look for him to, like, put the game away with, like, oh, really? a 50-yard touchdown at the beginning of the third quarter. You think that it will still be a game in the third quarter? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mizzou's 12th man is going to come come through this weekend, right? careful you make people mad talking like that <laughs> uh they don't really spread the ball around too much in the passing game there's like four guys that dominate the targets uh the running back spiller they've got a third down type back who his name i'm not going to try to pronounce and they've got a really good wide receiver in anaya smith and a tight end in jalen weidermeyer nice job um that's easy easy uh, easy easy name but not the other one though no, i don't it. even remember how it's spelled okay i just looked at it once i was like if you, moving when, on. when we see him on saturday we'll just know yes that's, okay. that's who i'm talking about okay uh he'll he'll be like kind of a pass catching back sort of on third down yeah okay he's a, he's a good runner too but not as efficient as spiller is spiller related to cj spiller i think i looked it up and no okay did you know i was gonna ask that uh, I you look prepared. I think about it every time I see him. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's not. I think I looked that up like in the preseason. Okay, thanks for doing that. Um, honestly though, watch out for the tight end. Yeah. I think he might eat up Missouri's defense. Like I think they're gonna be successful on the ground, and then I think the tight end is gonna catch a touchdown. I think he's gonna just be wide open on some third down plays when Missouri's yeah. defense is trying to get off the field. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the tight end. A lot of times that's kind of the safety's responsibility. Uh, a lot of times Martez Manuel is in the box. And so I think Martez Manuel will kind of be all over the place a little bit in this game. He normally is, but we'll see. I mean, they're going to need him in the box and also they're going to need him uh, on this tight end. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Missouri's going to have to be have to have to play by far their best game of the year to probably have a chance in this game. I think it's possible that this game is close. I honestly probably would have said Texas A&M is fraudulent this time a week ago, but then they beat Alabama, so that probably would have been a cold take. But um, I still am not sold that Texas A&M is as good as they looked last week. I think that they just had – I think that was kind of their Super Bowl. They had the sold-out crowd. They uh, – Jimbo Fisher's been preparing for the, this game since you know how long, however long. Um, I don't think that they will play that well again this season, uh, but I still think that they will probably have their way with Missouri. But I, I think know. their schedule kind of sets up nicely for them to get to a pretty solid bowl game, and 
I mean, after Mizzou, they play South Carolina and Auburn at home, go at Mississippi, I mean Ole Miss, then they got a cupcake at home, non-conference game, and then at LSU to end the season. Yeah. I could see them run. I mean, the, at, Mississippi, at Ole Miss, I feel like Ole Miss will be favored, obviously, but that's not going to be, that's going to be kind of a toss up, I think. And then at LSU to end the season, looked, that looked like a bigger game at the beginning of the year than it does now. So I don't know. I could see them winning out or just losing to Ole Miss and uh, being fairly happy with the season as a whole, considering they lost their starting quarterback and, of course, beating Alabama, the number one team. Yeah. I think they'll be pretty happy with how things go the rest of the year. Yeah, beating Alabama looks pretty good on a resume. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up their – I'm trying to look up their defensive team statistics real quick, just a sec. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Mizzou takes this game into the fourth quarter and things are competitive. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but am I shocked? No, not necessarily. I don't know that Texas A&M is, like, super explosive offensively. I don't know that their defense is super great either. So um, if Missouri – can keep figuring out that scheme a little bit and keep bringing the effort and you just never know AM's defense in conference play is holding opponents to about 17 points per game um they are middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed middle of the pack in passing yards allowed. it looks like they are just pretty good at keeping teams out of the end zone yeah so they're giving up yards. I think Missouri will be able to move the ball okay. But it's going to be scoring touchdowns, not field goals. And I, yeah. I, I feel like it may not be like a – I'm predicting Texas A&M to win this game. And I don't think it's going to be all that close. But I don't think it's going to be like an, a necessarily a super ugly game for Missouri's offense. That's going to come when they play Georgia. Um, <laughs> but this one, I feel like Missouri will move the ball okay they'll just have to settle for too many field goals yeah and texas a&m is not going to have to settle for, settle for field goals right. and it's just gonna kind of add up like that i don't honestly i i, I think kentucky is a better team than a&m would you agree with that uh, yeah i'm trying not to let recency bias get in the way too much i mean if the new if the texas a&m quarterback has legitimately figured something out and their offense is kind of clicking mm-hmm. i i would say that that's probably a toss-up game yeah it, i maybe i'd just give it to the home team probably well mizzou well i would say they hung around with kentucky that was only a seven point loss uh <clears throat> it looked like they were about to get blown out in that game but I'm not sure Texas A&M presents anything more scary than Kentucky, especially considering Mizzou's weaknesses. So, if Missouri, I would say a little bit worse defense than Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if Missouri can hang around with Kentucky, I think it's possible they can hang around with A&M, especially at home. Um, obviously, some things have changed a little bit since that Kentucky game, but um, I'll say Texas A&M wins this game. But I'll say it's 38-28. That sounds pretty close to what it'll be. Except if Missouri scores 28 points, that means they didn't kick a field goal, which is probably impossible. Well, uh, 
Yeah, I'm thinking Missouri doesn't score that many points. I'm thinking they will score 20 and A&M will score 34. Another 11 a.m. game. You know, I don't mind it all that much. Just let's get the day started with some Mizzou football. No, yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's yeah. more just a kind of a respect thing, but Missouri yeah. hasn't proved that they are worthy of a of a big game, I guess. Yeah. Um, this yeah, is a big thing, game for Mizzou fans. Oh, yeah, but if things go differently earlier in the season, then this is like a primetime like ESPN2 yeah. matchup. Yeah. And also, they had to pick the time before A&M beat Alabama. So A&M did not look as exciting, you know, when they two weeks yeah. ago when they had to pick the game time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I is A&M a little hungover after their big win? That's that's something I thought about as I was rooting for them last week, almost single handedly because of that reason. I wanted them to beat Alabama and then hopefully maybe overlook Mizzou and be kind of hungover from from the big win last week. It's that's certainly kind of an intangible that you could consider. When I'm thinking about, like, okay, how does Mizzou win this game? I can't get over be a completely different defense. Yeah, that's it. So. Yeah. Can they transform? I don't know. Probably not. Like, I, usually you're like, okay, they could do this and this. You know, if this goes their way, yeah. you know, Missouri's right in it till the end, and they could pull out the right. win. The defense has not shown at any point this season that they're, that they're going to be very capable of of stopping a good team so that's really what it comes down to so if missouri's going to win this game it's going to be like a shootout type like or like I mean, everybody on AM gets hurt or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. which i'm not of course not wishing for that no mm. i don't know it's tell still... us in the comments let us know how does mizzou win this game where, where are we what are we missing as are we just I feel like maybe I'm taking the Alabama game into account too much on Texas A&M's part. Yeah. Um, if you watched that game and you had a different take on A&M's offense, let us know what we're missing there. Yeah. I think some people will roll their eyes at this take, but uh, sometimes I feel like I just need to, even if Mizzou loses this game on, on Saturday, I, I just have to enjoy watching Mizzou football. That's what we wait all off season for. There's not that many games of the season. Just, yeah. Enjoy the tailgating if you're at the game. Enjoy the atmosphere. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fall Saturday. Just Tyler Beatty doesn't have very many snaps left in a Mizzou uniform, yeah. so we need to try to enjoy every one of them. I agree. You ready to pick some more games? I'm ready. SEC Pick'em Plus in Nebraska. We've got a Patreon guest picker. We've got, uh, we've got a recap of last week. Producer Cameron, take it away. All righty. So last week, nobody... So our guest picker was Ben. Nobody got a point. Nobody, Nobody <laughs> picked an upset. Oh, okay. Correctly. Oh. Um, so Cameron, you got six points. Kyle, five. I got four. And Ben got six for the Patreon guest pickers. Okay. Great job. Our season total, Cameron has a one-point lead with 36 points. The guest pickers have 35. I have 33. And Kyle has 30. Oh. Oh. Better get to work. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> Better pick some upsets. I tried last week and I didn't work. Yeah. Got to stop picking LSU. That's thorn that, in my side. That could help. <laughs> Alrighty. Game number one Auburn at number 17, Arkansas. Arkansas is a four and a half point favorite. What did Auburn do this past week? I feel like I picked Auburn. They played Georgia, didn't they? 
No. It, it, Who knows? I didn't pick Auburn. Um, uh, yeah, Arkansas. Who's our guest picker this week? Jo- Daddy JD. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Give me Arkansas. Arkansas's at home? Y- uh, yes. Yes. I got Arkansas. What's, what's JD? Auburn. Ooh. I better take Arkansas. Ugh, I don't like that. I think if maybe Auburn might win that game, but I'm going to pick Arkansas just for the for the game of it. I want to separate from Coward. the I want to separate from the Patreon picks. <laughs> oh, I forgot you were uh, not separating from me because I'm irrelevant at this point. Well, yeah, I'm not as <laughs> I'm not concerned too worried about, about me. that. <laughs> you picked Arkansas, Kyle. Yes. Okay. All right. Number 20, Florida at LSU. Florida is a an 11.5-point favorite. Mm. LSU at home. Yeah, I'm definitely picking Florida at this point. I'm getting <laughs> off that LSU train. I think I picked them three weeks in a row. Uh, What's what's Patreon picking? JD picks LSU. Oh, my gosh. Wow, he's, I, he's tanking them. Is he? <laughs> like, either I'm going to pull away from them or they're going to take the lead right here because I'm picking – Florida. Alrighty. I got Florida. Wow. Number 11, Kentucky. At number one, Georgia. Georgia is a 22 and a half point favorite. I think that's going to be a good game. I Tw- do too. 22 points. That it's going to be kind of like uh, a, it's going to be a low scoring. Georgia slugfest, is right? like unbelievably good, but yeah, I think that has to be a low scoring game. I'm going to pick Georgia, but um, I think that'll be a fun one. I'm going big this week. I'll pick. I'll pick Kentucky. Oh my! You're kidding me? Gosh! You're trying to make it close. Wait, where's it, where's the game being played? Georgia. Do it. Do, do it. it. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Give me Kentucky. Whatever. You you'll be a legend forever if you pick that. I'll do it. If I was at home, I'd be like, yeah, Kentucky all the way. All right. <laughs> Vanderbilt at South Carolina. South Carolina is an 18-point favorite. Whoa. South Carolina. Yeah, give me South Carolina. They've South actually Carolina. looked a little better recently. South Carolina for everybody. South Carolina forever. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Number five, Alabama at Mississippi State. Alabama is a 17-point favorite. Alabama revenge game, revenge. bounce back mm-hmm. game. I agree. Nick Saban's mad. You know it. He's big mad. Alabama all around. <clears throat> Number 13, Ole Miss at Tennessee. I forgot to write down the You going to try to get cute with that. this one? What's the spread? Hold on. I forgot to write it down. Uh, Ole Miss is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, easy. Easy. Give me the home underdog. Give me Tennessee. Excellent. Tennessee. Excellent. Give me Ole Miss. <laughs> oh, man. And JD takes Ole Miss. Okay. Wow, this could mix up the standings quite a bit, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, it's going to be a real shakeup. All right, in our final game, Nebraska at Minnesota. Nebraska is a four-point favorite. Give me Nebraska. Nebraska. I don't even care. Uh, JD who? takes Minnesota. Oof. Okay, give me Nebraska. Ooh. Ooh. All aboard. Let's go. They got to pull one of these out. Surely. No, they're going to miss them all. No, this is not a ranked team, so they won't play well. Well, that's, uh, yeah. That'd be bad you for us. You got the inside track. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Is that it? That's all That's I it. got. Good luck, everyone. See you on the gridiron. Oh, yeah. Um, big game. Yeah. Big opportunity. Should be a good crowd, even though it's 11 a.m. Hope so. I know uh, some of our some of our Patreon supporters are there every week, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, keep showing up, keep doing your thing. We'll be watching on TV. I think we'll we, we may show up at a game at some point this year. I don't yeah. think it'll be this weekend, but we'll you'll see us there sometime probably this year. Yeah, having a uh, newborn has you know I still get to do most of the things I want to do, but like full day excursions yeah. by myself isn't as doable yeah, right now that makes sense but we're, we're gonna try to make it happen we'll, we'll, we'll try all right everybody yes i want to say this first special right thank ahead. you to our patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above brit trees brian smith ryan lee tristan ben smith parker daddy jd lewis hernandez and tim keens Thank you, guys. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We're on Twitter, at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.